This is TLDR Podcast, where we talk sports, MLB, NHLs, NBAs, pop culture, and nobody understands Westworld, and more. Top 10 alcoholic beverages. With your hosts, Alex. Yeah, boy. Eric. Yo. James. The San Francisco 49ers, best team in the league. Traded. Right. Oh, the- sit down, bud. And Tyler. Oh, damn where we do the research and trash-talking for you. What kind of cockamamie bullshit is Adam Silver <laughs> thinking? They're playing super hot right now, and they're... It's they're not finishing. Good. It's the middle of the season. Oh, I understand that, but I'm saying that they're, they're moving towards that. Welcome to TLDR Podcast, presented by Anchor. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 73 of TLDR Podcast. Guys, we are on a record penalty kill. Uh, we are five on three yet again. We just keep getting penalties. It just We're just constantly undermanned. Um, out both Alex and Eric are, also, are MIA once again. Um, looks like Alex is probably going to be out for the foreseeable future. Uh, just so you guys are aware, uh, he's just got a lot going on. Work, work's been busy. He's planning a wedding, which is a big deal. His trading here knows. Um, so he's got a lot going on. So he's kind of taking a taking a break for right now. Uh, we really don't know when he'll be back, if he'll ever be back permanently. But we wish him all the best, of course. Uh, hopefully, we'll see him on the podcast again. Uh, but Alex, we definitely miss you. And hopefully, we'll see you soon back on the podcast. And Eric, same thing. You know, he's just got his new job with the G League Clippers. Uh, he's got a game tonight, so he's been working his ass off over there. So same, same kind of thing. Not really sure when Eric's going to ever come back here, but uh, hopefully soon. Uh, both those guys, we're wishing them all the best, and hopefully we get them back on soon. But you got myself, James, Traden. We're here. We're here to talk about sports. Hopefully it's a good one for you guys. Uh, we're talking fantasy football once again with James and a little bit of hockey uh, with Traden. So first, let's check in with the boys, James. How you been? How was your weekend? How are you holding up? Uh, to be completely honest and vulnerable with all listeners here, it was, a, it was a tough week for me. A lot of stuff went down personally in my personal life, so it was it was tough. But uh, thankfully, I've had some great a great support system around me, some great friends that kind of helped me get through it. And you know, it's kind of one of those things you just take day by day. It's not really all the way good, but you just kind of let it be. That's what a friend told me today. Just let it be. And got to get on with it. And right now, it's just it's working out pretty well. Taking it day by day, hour by hour, making it through each day, trying to live my best life, you know. But on some better news here, the Niners are winning against the Rams. So Tyler, it sucks for you, man. But my Niners finally look good. It's seven to thirty-one with about six minutes left in the fourth quarter. Hopefully, they don't blow it. But go Niners. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, back-to-back primetime losses for the Rams. This is brutal. Um, we looked awful against the Titans on Sunday Night Football. Look even probably worse today against the Niners. Um, thankfully, Gosh. all my fantasy teams are doing okay uh, despite all that. So that's good news. But uh, yeah, James, hope 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 things are getting better for you. I know it's tough going through some stuff, but uh, we're, we're we're here for you. And hopefully, this podcast gives you a little bit of a kind of mental break from all that shit. So definitely um, does. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so we're happy we're we're on here talking sports. Um, trade in. What's up, bro? Uh, hockey last night. Uh, did you forget something? Yes, I did. Um, <laughs> forgetting forgetting my hockey stick was not very fun. Oh. 
Um, look to my, to my, to my, uh, you know, to, to defend myself, it's been hockey for every Wednesday and then, you know, then coaching and then, uh, you know, coaching on the, the games on the weekends and then going to our game. I haven't cleaned my car out in seemingly eight weeks. So as I know that we have two weeks off from, for, I don't have any practice this week. So I don't, I could, I was able to take out all of my shit and I just happen to bring, take my hockey stick out. Usually it's right. It stays in my car always. And, um, I had to use a teammates and boy, it was, it was rough. Um, I, I just, I, I couldn't figure it out. <laughs> so, uh, that, that was unfortunate. I was actually feeling it. My legs were feeling it, but my hands were even worse than they already are. And they're already stoned. So <laughs> it was bad. Yeah. I'm I proud mean, of you, Trading. It was bad. I'm really proud of you for doing that. Yeah. Can't forget your stick. Uh, no. What are you gonna I, I would have rather forgot like an elbow pad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's not, that's, that's, that's never good. Um, yeah. Uh, let's get into it boys. Uh, let's go straight into it. Uh, fantasy football. I mean, we're, we're, we're in the thick of it right now. Uh, I know for me, every week's a battle, just trying to put up the best possible matchups. Sometimes I'm right. Sometimes I'm wrong. I, it feels like mostly I'm wrong. So I'm pretty sure it's still, still a losing record. Uh, but James, Help me out. Help us help everyone else out here. All, all the listeners who are trying to make that final push here for fantasy football playoffs coming up real soon. It's been an interesting season, guys. There's been a lot of ups and a lot of downs. Some teams are winning, some teams that are losing that should have been winning. And a lot of fantasy football, just, you know, questions. Uh, this, this, this week, though, teams on by are the Denver Broncos and the Rams are currently losing to the Niners. Da, 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 da. Good job, Niners. We're going to start off with the QB situation here. Uh, my QB pick of the week is Cam Newton out of Carolina. And yes, you heard that right. Carolina, not the Patriots. Cam Newton started his career off with Carolina, then went to the Patriots, and then got cut, and he was a free agent up until Thursday. And then he played on Sunday, which is crazy. This dude is rostered in 12.6% of leagues. He put up 11.72 points against Arizona, which is a pretty good defense, right? He went three for four for eight yards and a touchdown. He also had three carries for 14 yards and a touchdown. Like I mentioned, he was signed on Thursday and played a game on Sunday, so his knowledge of the playbook was pretty much zero. After the game, he was asked, how much of the playbook do you know? He responded, two touchdowns worth. And there you have it. Sam Darnold, the quarterback, of the Panthers is going to be out for a long period of time with a fractured scapula. So Newton has a chance to have a claim at the starting position. He's back to where he started. He's drafted. It's very special for him. And and honestly, it's going to motivate him to be a better quarterback. In years past, Cam was always a very good fantasy quarterback because of his running ability. Up next, they play Washington, which is not a very good defense who also just lost Chase Young to a torn ACL. Tyler, what do you think? He's back, everybody. Cam Newton is back. Uh, he proclaimed it after that running touchdown. It's awesome. I love seeing Cam Newton back in a Panthers uniform, man. That's that was his heyday. That was when he was, you know, killing it, winning MVPs, doing doing his thing there in Carolina. Been a weird year for Carolina too, just so up and down. Um, but having Cam Newton back with Christian McCaffrey back, I mean, this looks like a brand new team. Um, I think this team's going to be trending upwards, guys, and against uh, a matchup against the Washington football team that, as we've seen all season, they're not that great, not as great as, 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 we, as we thought. Obviously, the risk there, uh, Cam Newton's still trying to learn the playbook, as, as, as James mentioned, but he'll have a full week to kind of get that under him. He's fresh. He looks like he's ready to roll. Um, I think this is a good matchup. I think there's obviously a little bit of risk involved. You know, Cam Newton 
as he's, you know, may not be as sharp, you know? Um, so, and he's, you know, he's not the Cam Newton, the, the, you know, the MVP Cam Newton of, uh, of several years ago, but you know, if your quarterback's on by, uh, if you just are struggling with quarterbacks, not a bad option here. I like this pick. Jaden, what do you think? I, you know, I, I actually feel I'm, I'm pretty proud that Cam came back and, and, and did what he did. And that was pretty cool. But um, I actually think I have a better option. Um, and interestingly, it, it's mostly because of two more players that um, James um, is bringing on to his discussion this week. And that's Mac Jones. Uh, Mac Jones had a game yesterday and he's had quite a bit of a, quite a bit of a nice progression as of late. And, um, you know, you look at he's he's hitting over nearly over 200 yards in almost every single game um, against bad defense. Fences, he really, really shines, and he's up against the Atlanta Falcons, who are ranked 30th in touchdown in touchdown defense, and our overall yards are just like dog shit. On top of that, you have you have a um, a resurging um, running back in um, Ramondre uh, Stevenson, who is turning into a great pass catching option uh, at the running back position. So there's your points there. On top of that, you got Hunter Henry, who is another option, who is another huge uh, guy that's becoming. Well, I'll talk about him later, but um, um, basically, this offense is moving in the right direction. This the, the, this offense is becoming more aggressive, become, taking more chances, and it's paying off. And you're playing against a quite a shitty defense coming up, and you got players that are really stepping up. At, you know, and they're they're young players, and they're looking to to turn this. Um, organization you know back in the direction that it should be going and i think mac jones is a huge option Tyler, after hearing what train just said would you still pick cam newton or would you pick mac jones ah uh, honestly i probably still go with cam newton um i just like the experience there i think you know mac jones got potential but i don't know i just i, just, I don't i don't trust i feel like i would trust cam newton in this i don't i i, I just got a good feeling about it i think the panthers and cam newton are going to be good I do like that rushing ability. That's why I picked Cam Newton over Mac Jones because Mac Jones is definitely on my radar as well. Moving on to running backs, I picked, as Trade had just mentioned really well, I picked Ramondre Stevenson out of New England. He's rostered in 29.1% of leagues. In week, whatever this last week was, 10, I think, in week 10, he had 27.4 points against Cleveland, which honestly, guys, is a really good run defense. He had 20 carries for 100 yards, two touchdowns, and also added four receptions for 14 yards. The main reason why he got all this work is because Damian Harris is out with a concussion, which is kind of weird because Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson both got a concussion last week in the fourth quarter, but Ramondre Stevenson was able to make it back while Damian Harris was not. So typically it's a one-week kind of thing, but the way Harris is spanning out right now, it could be longer. Typically whenever it's a little bit longer than a week, it lasts for a couple of weeks. So we'll see how that goes. So even if Harris comes back, there have been times throughout the season so far where Stevenson and Harris have split the workload. This Patriots team likes Ramondre Stevenson. He is a rookie and he was drafted where he was drafted because they like his skill set. And honestly, the Pats never use one back anyway. It's always going to be committee of some sort. Um, The best thing about Ramondre Stevenson is that he's a physical back. He runs hard and can catch the ball. Up next, as Trayden mentioned, he's just taking my, all my points here. They play the Atlanta Falcons, who just got destroyed by the Cowboys, gave up 114 yards on the ground and three touchdowns. So, Trayden, any more points you want to say about Ramondre Stevenson? Look, man, to your point, the, the Patriots 
have always been kind of a, a tough team to pick in terms of the running back position because they, they do get it by get it done by committee. Brandon Bolden is stepping up to take a little bit of James, James White's you know uh, you know role, but if you look, uh, Stevenson is the guy that the coaching staff is really starting to trust. More importantly, he's a runner and he's becoming a huge pass catching option, which for PPR is fucking huge. He rushed for a hundred yards and on 20 carries with two touchdowns last game. Um, and you know, Damian Harris was like, you know, Belichick's the kind of guy that if that he's, what have you done for me lately? And Stevenson has done what he's done for Belichick lately. And he's just going to keep getting the, getting the targets, getting the, op, uh, getting the, uh, the options and, you know, PPR, the PPR numbers are a little rough before he get before he got all of his uh you know touchdowns but i think that this guy's going to be used more and more especially like you said against a terrible defensively uh defensive uh, atlanta team uh, what do you think yeah man when it comes to running backs like i just don't know what the hell i'm doing uh <laughs> so at this point it's it's a boomer bust kind of thing right so i'm just going to go for it how about this dude russell gage uh, against the he team is. that they're playing. Russell Gage is a uh, wide receiver, bro, from the Falcons. Uh-huh. Oh, shit, he is? Yes, oh, he no. Is. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, hold on. Why don't you like Ramondre Stevenson? Can we – hold on. Hold on. <laughs> because oh. he had no one else. <laughs> Yikes. Okay, I'm on the wrong fucking thing here. All right, well, hey, first first running back on the board here in the waiver wire, Boston Scott, the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, God, fuck that guy. Uh, probably even worse. Um, <laughs> you know? Shit. I There's mean, a reason I dropped that motherfucker, dude. Are the, are the New Orleans Saints any good at run defense? Probably. Yes, they're extremely yeah. good at defense. Yeah, dude. And also for Boston Scott, you got to worry about Jordan Howard. Just play, right. just just play your two best <laughs> running backs. Just play, just play your two best running backs, and, and uh, whatever your flex is, just don't put a running back in because there's there's no other running backs left on the board. That's just yeah, to be fair, dude. Like running backs are hard to find right now. Like yeah. it, they are so fucking hard to find. I don't know how I fucked that up with uh, the wide receiver thing. That's my bad. Um, it's been a long day at work, but uh, shit, Boston Scott, why not? Bucks. Fuck it. Okay, I'm gonna just take Tyler's place here and another person. I I don't know how much he's rostered, but Jeff Wilson Jr. out of San Francisco just activated out of IR. He is gonna be a decent running back because he's the one that has the most experience in Cal Shanahan system for the 49ers. Elijah Mitchell is the number one guy, but if any case where Elijah Mitchell gets hurt, which he has in the past, the next person up is gonna be Jeff Wilson, and Jeff Wilson runs hard. So pick up Jeff Wilson just just in case, just in case something happens to Elijah Mitchell. That 49ers defense runs the ball really, or 49ers offense runs the ball a lot. Jeff Wilson has been in that offense the longest. He's a good pickup. Moving on to the wide receiver position, because Tyler messed up that last one. We're going to pick Rashad Bateman out of Baltimore. He is a rookie. I think everybody on our podcast liked him a lot during our mock draft section. Owned in 34.5% of leagues. He put up 14 points against Miami. Six receptions on eight targets for 80 yards. Honestly, I've always been a huge fan of this guy. Like back then, back when we did our mock draft session, I said that Baltimore would take him. And then um, Tyler's like, no, they're going to take Sammy Watkins. Well, guess what? They took both. They have Sammy Watkins and Rashad Bateman. He's a top 20. I think he honestly would be a top 20 wide receiver in the NFL right now had it not been for his injuries early on. He's only played in four games so far. 
Um, he's a big kind of physical receiver that the Ravens need because Lamar Jackson throws deep, but not accurately. So you can't release Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews is a tight end. So he's not always out there for pass plays. Or Rashad Bateman is a, he's like, he's a built like a tight end at the wide receiver position. Uh, as I mentioned, he's only appeared in four games post injury, but he's had 28 targets in four games and he's only a rookie. So he'll literally get better after every single game he's learning on the fly and he's had 28 targets in four games. That's crazy. Up next, they play Chicago. The Chicago defense gives up an average of 250 yards per game through the air, which is huge. It's a lot of, a lot of ground to be taken up there. Tyler, what do you think about this wide receiver who's actually wide receiver? Yes. Fact check. Uh, Rashad Bateman, wide receiver. Um, I like him. <laughs> you know, I think all, all the reasons that you said, you know, this guy seems to be trending upwards. I like, I like when I'm trying to pick up guys, I like, I like seeing kind of where they're trending. Um, of course, that obviously can always take a dip and you or look stupid, but um, this dude, as you mentioned, lots of his targets are ramping up. His yardage, for the most part, is, is ramping up. Um, he's going to probably give you double-digit points, uh, probably not super high double-digit points, but you're probably going to get a solid 10 to 15 from this guy. Um, and if you're you know, looking for, for a flex option you know, or, or if your wide receivers are on bye, you know, not a bad guy to have against a Chicago defense that really isn't that great. Uh, the Ravens are just a really weird team this year too. As you know, we kind of mentioned just teams that are like really inconsistent Ravens, I feel like are, are one of those teams. I mean, they dropped a huge deuce against the dolphins this week. So like who knows what's going to happen with that. So that kind of worries me a little bit, but uh, Rashad Bateman's talent, his skill set definitely does not. So, you know, hopefully they, they, they come out against Chicago play well. Um, definitely a solid pickup there for wide receiver. Trey, what do you think? You know what? Um, I, I think that's a that's that's a good option, but I actually like right now, just given the trajectory of the uh, of the of this particular player, I, I'm going to stick with Elijah Moore. Um, Elijah Moore has had four mm-hmm. weeks in a row where he's had double digit points. In week nine against Indy, he t- puts up he put up 27. Um, last game he put up 13, even though the even though the Bills um, kind of ran the table. Um, unfortunately ending Mike White's fairy tale season that was now short-lived. Um, he's also been targeted between six and eight times the last four, last four, uh, uh, weeks. The jets aren't always on offense. They're not, they're not, they're the jets. I mean, I'm sorry, but they're the jets. However, they are starting to make strides. We're seeing them start to win a couple games and start to kind of, you know, settle into their, into their groove. Um, and you know, they're trending in the right direction. This guy's getting targeted a lot. And, um, and at, you know, I guarantee he's on, he's on your waiver wire. Only 38% of, um, of leagues have him rostered, um, according to our, uh, ESPN here. So I think this is an option. Uh, this is a guy that if you're looking for another wide receiver depth, like maybe a, a flex option, this is a guy that you pick up. You, I mean, he's showing he can get two double digits. So there you go. Does the ambiguity at the quarterback position worry you at all? Cause this style of play, with Zach Wilson in center versus Mike, other guy, Mike Wilson. Mike White. Yeah. Is it going to be different? Mike White has more confidence to throw it deep. Zach Wilson threw it deep, but very inaccurately. Does that bother you? Like, you don't know, whoever's going to be at the quarterback position should dictate if you should pick up Elijah Mitchell. I, I would have to agree Elijah with that. Moore. I'd have to agree with that. Um, Mike White and Elijah Moore seem to have, have a, a chemistry brewing of sorts. And even still, even though even though Mike White's um, you know kind of subpar game last or the last night or yesterday was um, was terrible, he's always he's always throwing to to Elijah Moore. So I guess if we if you have an idea that Mike White is going to be a quarterback, this is a guy you pick up 
and you're, you're, you're good for at least six to eight targets in that game. I do, I do admit that, you know, if Zach Wilson were to take the, take the helm, it gets a little shaky then. Ty, would you pick Elijah Mitchell? Elijah Moore, I keep messing that up. Would you pick Elijah Moore or Rashad Bateman? Oh, I like Elijah Moore. That's one that I was looking at too. Um, fuck. Honestly, I feel like, I feel like just matchup wise, I feel like Rashad Bateman is probably the better guy. He's got the better quarterback backing him up. So I think for that reason, I'm going there. But Elijah Moore is also a solid pick. Okay. Thank you, guys. Appreciate that. Everything was spot on. Good job. Moving on to the tight end position, the last but not least, Trayton's favorite of all time, Hunter Henry, New England Patriots. I cheated on this one, guys. You did? He's owning, oh. yeah, he's owning 53.3% of the league. He's not under 50. Um, but I just wanted to talk about him because I've already talked about him. We've already said this. Hunter Henry was a pick maybe six weeks ago that I put up there. He put up 19.7 points against Cleveland, and he is the fourth highest scoring tight end in all of fantasy football this year, ahead of George Kittle, ahead of uh, Darren Waller. Like, those are big names, and Hunter Henry is number four in all, all those, in all the lists. It's crazy because he – nobody really thought about him. I know at the time Tyler was against him as well. This is going to be fun because six weeks ago – Shane was about him and Tyler was against him. And I want to see if anything's changed since then because we're going to have the same argument, but we'll see. Um, in the last seven games, guys, he scored six touchdowns. And as you all know, tight end is a very touchdown-dependent uh, position unless you are somebody like Mark Andrews. Until, like, if you're not those guys, you're not, you're not going to get a lot of touches. Up next, they play the Falcons, who we just talked about. And if you don't remember, just, you know, go back about six minutes here. We just talked about them and how they're a bad defense. They gave up 43 points to the um, the Cowboys, and they have allowed 317 yards through the air on average and two touchdowns. So we'll see how that goes. Traded, have anything new on Hunter Henry? Yes. Hunter Henry, in my opinion, is the Patriots' best red zone threat since the Rob Gronkowski himself. Um, and it's the one – position that I think this team has been lacking for, you know, for the last few years that Rob left. Um, they've, they've had, they've had, they've had red zone success in the running game. They've had, you know, Sony Michelle, Damien Harris, and even Cam Newton back when he, back when he was at the helm, but they didn't have a pass catcher. They didn't have an ability to get it, to get it over, uh, you know, through the air. And Henry interestingly was the second player behind Jonu Smith to, that they signed on the, for this position. And he has just lit it up. And he's a, he's a guy that I think is, is fitting a role very well. And what's best is he's the type he, he's becoming the security blanket for Mac Jones. And when a young rookie quarterback has a security blanket, they start to, they start to do better and better and improve and improve. And that's why I have him as my top quarterback uh, or top quarterback in the waiver wire this week. Um, you're seeing the offense start to really play a little bit more aggressive, play a little a bit more of the way that we expect the Patriots to play. And, and it's, it, you, I have to think that it's uh, that it's Hunter Henry, who's really giving Mac Jones the confidence to, um, you know, throw the ball, catch the ball and um, give him a target that, you know, every young uh, quarterback needs as an option. And um, if you pick this guy up, you're, you're good for at least double digit points almost every game. Cause he's going to target, he's going to target Hunter Henry like five times every single game. Tyler, what do you think? 
Hard to beat that logic there, trading. Uh, Hunter Henry is very solid pickup, uh, tight end that, you know, it's, it's hard to beat. But as James mentioned, he's owning 50, over a little slightly over 50% of leagues. So if you're in one of those leagues where he's already gone, here's your next best option. Okay, ready? Dan Arnold of the Jacksonville oh. Jaguars. Okay. <laughs> this dude has not scored a touchdown yet all season. Why you would know? you pick him then? <laughs> hey, what? Let me get to it. Okay. But, you know, you mentioned, you know, tight ends are, are very touchdown dependent, which is very true, or unless you're a Mark Andrews type of, type of player. Dan Arnold, the last three games, has been that kind of player. Uh, he's been targeted 24 times over the last three weeks, and he's put up 68, 60, and 67 yards. Not popping eye-popping numbers but again you know we, and we were looking at this point in the season you're in your need of a tight end you know and 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 if uh hunter henry's gone dan arnold not a bad option i think the jacksonville jaguars they had a lot of new system coming in i think week by week they're starting to get more and more comfortable with it uh dan arnold seems to be a guy that's increasing his usage in that offense um like i said no touchdowns yet but maybe he'll score one this week question they are playing yeah how many of those targets did he actually catch? I believe it was so. It was like of oh, the total. I'm not really sure, but I think it. Was, I think it was targeted like ten, seven, seven, and then he caught something eight, five, like, eight four, five. Yeah, something like that. So it was eighty percent. Eighty percent. That's pretty, pretty good. good. I was about to say, I was like with a Trevor Lawrence led offense and an anemic offensive line. Those are probably just throwaways that get to his feet, <laughs> which yeah. could be possible. So I mean, I don't like typically targets are indicative of how a person is valued in an offense. But I think that because he's close to the line of scrimmage, Trevor Lawrence just throws it that way so he doesn't get grounding. Yeah. Um, again, Jacksonville Jaguars, not the most elite offense ever. Um, and they are going to be playing the San Francisco 49ers, who just came off an amazing Sunday night win and a defensive, and they shut down an amazing offensive team. Um, it's Monday. Sorry, Monday night. Uh, fuck, I don't know what's going on. Uh, so not a good segment for Tyler. No, not <laughs> well. I mean, dude, I t- to be fair, I think this is actually not a bad option because to your so who would you pick to James's? No, I, I mean, if if it's available, you're picking Hunter Henry. I think everybody here is agreeing with that. But if if we're going to the fifty percent rule, this is not a bad option. And to James's point, if this if this is the guy that that Trevor Lawrence is throwing the ball away to, and he's still putting up like 60, 70 yards, like that's. <laughs> You know he's going to be having to do that every fucking game because they're terrible. So yeah. <laughs> he's the guy. Okay. And if he's doing it, that's fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> Fantasy wise, this dude's not a bad option. It's just it's it's, it's definitely worth. You, you know, tight ends are scraping at the bottom of the barrel, yeah. and that that is. I mean, <laughs> there's, right. one, there's so one shiny nugget left. There is uh, two options at tight end this week. One option at running back, according to Tyler. Two options at wide receiver, and two options at quarterback. So that's what it's going to be today. Yeah. Um, no running backs left. No running backs. That is my segment. Hope you guys enjoyed. <laughs> Take that to heart. I hope you guys win. Unless you're Eric. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, brutal. Uh, yeah. Thank you, James. Once again, great insight as always. Um, you know, I think this is a big fantasy week for me. I got some big wins. Some guys above me lost. So I'm. I'm slowly inching my way back into a playoff spot. So every week matters from here on out for sure. So hopefully everyone's fantasy team is doing well. Eric, we know yours is not, uh, but sucks, suck. What are you going to do? <laughs> All right. Speaking of Eric, you're going to hear him talk about Dimer here in just a second. Uh, and then when we come back from that uh, lovely message, trade-in, we're going to hit the ice and we're going to talk some hockey. With health concerns on the rise, it's as important as ever to keep your people safe. 
Dimer isn't another BS COVID company. They've been developing their tech to kill germs and save lives since 2014. Dimer's original UBC products have won them partnerships with some of the best technology companies in the country and earned them a spot on Time Magazine's Best Inventions of 2020. Dimer started out disinfecting airplanes. Now they're in hospitals, athletic facilities, hotels, classrooms, basically anywhere people might have been sick. When it comes to keeping your players, employees, guests, and customers in your facility safe, trust Dimer. For TLDR listeners, they are offering free disinfection as a service in select areas. So that means they will come disinfect your facility for free. You can take them up on this offer by visiting dimeruv.com and at dimeruv on social media. Use code TLDR for your first disinfection as a service appointment for free. That's dimer like diner with an M as in Mike Trout. Ever heard of him? Kill more germs, prevent more infections, save more lives. D-I-M-E-R-U-V dot com. Welcome back, everybody. Another quick two-segment podcast here, Trade In. Uh, we're talking hockey. It's almost American Thanksgiving, so we know it's t- it's it's show or go home at this point in the season, right? Yes, sir. It's week and a half away from the the American Thanksgiving. It, 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 guys, I know this is kind of a, a running joke, but but seriously, if you look statistically, if if you're too far out of the playoffs at this point, you're you're, you're just having to jump way too many teams. You've started out just too slow to to really have a chance. Now, that's not to say you don't. You Blues fans back in 2019, I look at you. That was fucking insane. That was that that was New Year's. That wasn't even that wasn't even Thanksgiving. That was fucking New Year's. You were dead last. Um, so um, I'm not saying that you're completely out of it, but you're out of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, just a couple things around the league today. Um, I want to quickly now before we get into the two guys segments, you know that they really kind of prepared for. I want to talk about Mark Andre Fleury and the Blackhawks. Um, the Blackhawks right now are just in an absolute tailspin. Um, they 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 were expected to be a very very you know solid team. They I think that they, we kind of expected them to be in the 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 playoff hunt. Um, we expected them to be just a lot better than they are. They're running with a forty four percent Corsi, which means they are not possessing the puck whatsoever. Their their um, save percentage is. 0.893 well below the average and in particular mark andre Fleury, who was traded to this team by the vegas golden knights for literal bag of pucks has a 0.897 um save percentage and a 350 goals against average and if you adjust his goals against average he has a 3.94 this guy is is a sieve right now and, and i think it is and i just think it's absolutely crazy uh, but i quickly wanted to ask you guys if you don't mind if the, the way that the Blackhawks are going, you know, by, by, by next week, it seems like they're just not going to be in a position, um, especially when you look at a, a, a Western conference that is surprisingly a lot deeper than I thought um, with the, with all of the California teams in the hunt. Um, and, you know, you, you have Vegas that is starting to kind of come move in the right direction. You still have um, another team mobile t- that Tyler will talk about later. Do you see this Blackhawks team, moving on mark on is he the biggest target at trade deadline by your by your guys's accounts anybody i don't know if he necessarily will be because of how poor his showing is so far i mean it's already been pretty old right he's an older goalie and so 
is this what people are going to take as a sign that he is going downhill and going downhill fast? And I understand, like, it could be the area that he's playing and maybe he's not getting as much defensive support, which is true. He's not. But the fact of the matter is, even if you didn't have great defensive support, you should be playing a bit better than this. Your save percent should not be this low. For somebody who is as good as you were, your, your numbers should not have to drop off as much as it did if you're supposed to still be a starting goaltender in the league. And I get it. Maybe you could be like a fringe starter here and there. Maybe you could be like the dude that, like what Ryan Miller was to John Gibson for the last couple of years before he retired. Maybe you could be that. But you can't be the number one guy that plays every single night anymore. Not with this showing. The Golden Knights really messed up in so many ways. They ruined the rest of Mark Andre's career. They are having a shit start to their year because of this dumbass trade. And that, that sucks because both parties were ruined and nobody came out a winner. Yeah. Tyler, do you see him getting moved? And if so, do you see him, where would he go? I think, I think he's going to be a, a big target at the trade deadline. If the, if the uh, Blackhawks continue this direction, the Blackhawks aren't committed to Mark Andre for a long term. That's just plain and simple. So if you can, if you can get some kind of re, re, return on him, you know, in a season that's lost, I think that just makes so much sense. Um, as we stand right now, like teams I could see that might be wanting uh, flurry could be a team we're talking about later. The, the Dallas stars who, you know, they're, uh, uh, their goaltenders are, are a little bit banged up, not playing super well. Another interesting one I was looking at, the New Jersey Devils are playing pretty well. Their goaltenders also not very uh, healthy, so they're kind of just in and out of, out of the uh, IR. Um, if they can get a good veteran uh, goaltender like Marc-Andre Fleury, and like I said, I, I, I don't really don't – you know, I think Marc-Andre Fleury, has, he's had a lot go on, uh, but he's coming off a of Vesna Trophy – like this dude is, I think he's still a very good goaltender. Top, I think at his best, for sure, a top goal, a goalie in the league. I think you put him on a team that's competitive and has a good system in place. I think he's going to flourish. Um, so right now, as we sit, the Devils and Stars are kind of teams I could see that could probably use a guy like that, that are, you know, on the fringe of a, of a, of a playoff spot. But I, I definitely could see the Chicago Blackhawks shipping that guy if, if their season's not going the way they want. Because like I said, I, I have no reason to believe that the Blackhawks are committed to that guy long-term. Yeah, um, I have to agree. Um, it's very interesting, James. You brought up a good point that the defense hasn't been there. Let me give you guys a quick stat. The, the Chicago Blackhawks have given up 341 scoring chances against to their 264 generated. out of So that means in their their... 44% of the scoring chances are, are in their favor every single game, which is below 50%, which means you're not possessing the puck. Vegas last year was at a 60% clip. They were generating far, far, far more um, scoring chances for than they were against. And even if, even if they were at the, the league average in terms of scoring chances against, their scoring chances for are just opportunities that the puck isn't in your zone, which is just... In, in and of itself is a, is a, is, is a, the puck away from your goaltender. I, to, to be, to be, uh, to be fair, James, I think you are right. He does need to be able to step up and be able to handle it. But this team is so bad defensively that, you know, I, I think it's a shock because he's coming from such a, you know, lockdown defensive team that it's a little bit of a shock. Um, to be honest, I think that he's going to go to a um, Stanley cup contender or a team that thinks they're a Stanley cup contender um so to push back against you tyler i'm not sure that the the devils are in that position especially because mckenzie blackwood is a very good goaltender he has he, he has some injury issues but he's an excellent goaltender uh and they're going to want to ride him as long as they can 
Um, who was the other one you said? The Dallas Stars. The thing yeah. is about the Dallas Stars is they have like 50,000 goaltenders. So <laughs> I don't That's know true. that they're going to add, an, add another one. I think that Dallas is actually going to have a goaltender for, for sale at the deadline. He's going to the Edmonton Oilers. It's not a big deal. Uh, don't worry, boys. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> no, it, it, to be fair, I think it's already been kind of linked that the Edmonton Oilers and the uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, it, it has been reported that they have been linked already, um, which actually makes sense because we don't know what we're going to get out of Mike Smith. Um, I don't know if um, Koskinen can keep up what he's doing. He is doing amazing, but I, but I don't know how long he can keep it up. So um, it's just very interesting. This is a guy that everybody loves. He's going to go to the hall of fame. He is a, he is a, he is a guy that everybody just, if, if you're a hockey fan, you love this guy. And it's just unfortunate that he's sitting here. In a you know, place. another team that you guys didn't mention that he could possibly go to, because he needs to go to a contender, right? Yeah, he would. That, yeah. Yeah. He would go to a contender that has good defense. He's going to go to gold to Las Vegas. He's going to trade to Vegas again, going back home. If I'm right, I should make a bet because that is extremely low odds. Wild. That <laughs> yeah, that would be very low odds. I don't even. I mean, blame it on the books. The, the thing about that is they don't have any cap space to bring him in, and and they You're have to. Pay, pay for Jack Eichel, like they're already like fucking fuck, dude. Like I don't know how they're gonna do that. But if they manage to do that, like I mean, uh, fuck, I don't know. That would be the biggest fucking story in NHL history if that happened. I'll say that. All right. Like getting back let's get to the nitty-gritty. Um, thank you guys for, for uh, engaging with that. But we, let's talk about the, the Anaheim Ducks. Um, one of our guys on this podcast, James, you are a huge fan of the Ducks um, since you really kind of got into hockey because of me. Um, and your boy, Troy Terry, has been absolutely fucking sensational. Um, he is... He, he, I mean, he's already nearing um, last year's career highs. I think he's, I think he's already eclipsed it. If he, he if, it. Um, if, yeah, I think I believe he eclipsed it. He sits with a 14 game point streak. Um, the biggest question I have for you, James, is can he match Corey Perry's franchise record of 19 games? Let's start with that. Yeah, I, I definitely think he can because there's no signs of him slowing down whatsoever. Like in the month of November alone he's had a multi he's a lot he's had a lot of multi-point games i think he's had maybe four multi-point games out of six total games like he he's not just getting by or having a point but he's had two or three points in some of those games and on top of that his average time of ice is going up because he's playing better so he's going to be on the ice more which equals more opportunities and the ducks are on like this major heater right now where they think they've run like six seven games in a row or maybe yeah six games in a row and i don't they shouldn't change the way they're playing they're winning troy terry's doing well and just keep doing what you're doing, man. Like if, as long as you keep doing what you're doing and having Ryan gets off and you, you're on the same line. And I honestly, Ryan Getsy, I'm sorry. I apologize for what I said earlier. You're not washed. You're having a hell of a hell of a resurgence right now. And it's quite fun to watch. Quite fun to see you're doing really well. I'm so glad we signed you back. Just forget what old James said. He didn't, he didn't mean it. Um, but the ducks are on a heater right now. And Troy Terry is doing well. There's no signs of him slowing down. So I don't see why this can't go past 19 games. Wow. I like that. Um, what do you feel? What are your thoughts on this team? I mean, are they, are they legit threatened? Yeah, uh, I definitely do because their defense is more or less the same as last year, but the biggest issue they had that kept them from winning games was scoring. Like they could not score the puck at all, especially on the power play. Like I had mentioned multiple times before they had 11 power play goals on the entire season and they passed more than 11 power play goals, probably like six games ago. Like, they're doing really well at the power play. They're scoring a whole lot more, too. Their pace of play has gone up. 
they're getting the puck more in the zone. Like they're doing everything right offensively and using those young guys to kind of push the legs and push the pace of everything that it's all coming together. And their defense is, like I said, is the same. You still got John Gibson back there. You still have uh, Manson and you have um, Cam Fowler. You have the guys who have been there for a long period of time. And you also added Jamie Drysdale. Like you got all these guys who have a really good defensive front and now you're using your young guys to finally push the pace. And the young guys, for some reason, finally click. Before this year, Troy Terry didn't do shit. Troy Terry was a major disappointment. After coming off of his stellar college career and everything, he came to the league and he did okay. Nothing to speak about. Now he's exploding. Something something happened this offseason where it finally all clicked, and it's working out really well for the Ducks. Yeah, they're they're looking very, very good. Um, they're looking like they're having fun. I mean, that that's huge. Um, and you know what? Um, I'm going to take back what I said, you know, I, you know, looking back, I did some research and looking back at, um, his tenure with the, with the Edmonton Oilers, he was Dallas Eakins was put in a very bad position in, in, in Edmonton, uh, in a position where he was a scapegoat for, you know, he was only there for a year and he was a scapegoat for a team that just had a bunch of young fucks that didn't really give a shit. And, you know, he, he had a little bit of a slow start here in, in, in Anaheim, but James, I, I, I think that Dallas Eakins is, is making this team click. And he's a, he's, I think he's a larger part of this than, than um, we like to give him credit for. And he, he would be my vote. If you guys make the playoffs, he's my vote for the, uh, for the Jack Adams award um, because you're seeing him unleash Troy Terry in some, some shape or form. I'm not saying that it's not, that it's not just Troy Terry doing his thing, but Coaching has a lot to do and has a lot to do with it in this, in this, uh, in this game. And, and I think the guys are finally buying in you guys. Here's the thing. Your former GM did fuck nothing. He didn't add or subtract anybody. So Dallas Eakins was, was tasked with taking the same team that was so bad last year and doing something with it. And he, and I think he looked at Bob Murray, who is no longer your GM and said, you know what? Fuck you. I'll, I'll show you what I can fucking do with this team. And look at this, this is what he does. And, you know, he's a bright mind. Um, I, I, I've read a little bit of, uh, I'm, I'm, or I've read a little bit of his stuff in terms of how he runs his practices. And it's kind of, I'm trying to help or and develop my ways of, of running practices at, you know, and, and running a team myself. And he's a brighter mind than I like, think we like to give him credit for him. Um, you know, so I, I, I apologize for to Dallas Eakins for for talking ill because you know what unfortunately you're putting in a shitty position and, and I think you were putting in a shitty position this year um with uh with the way that the team was managed and you've he's he's doing the right things um and to your point I think this team is a legit threat in this division guys I think every team in in California is a legit threat in this division which uh James did you have anything else before I move on no I'm good that was it thank you um I think that all the California teams are a legit threat in this, um, in this division and conference. And that is precisely why I'm very worried about, about these three teams that we're going to talk about now, the Avs, Vegas and Dallas of all had pretty slow starts. Admittedly, Vegas is trending at least a little bit more in the right direction, but um, we expected them to be the leaders of the division. I mean, bar none, maybe Dallas was at least going to be a top three. Tyler, are any of these teams in trouble? Like, are you worried about any of these teams? I'm a little worried about Dallas of all the three. I, I think Vegas, as you mentioned, I mean, they've won. They just, they got off to a horrible start, but they've won eight, eight of their last 10 games. Um, that Carlson injury is going to be huge when they get him back. Um, obviously, they're going to get some other players back. Um, so I'm not worried about Vegas. I think Vegas is, is, is going to be up there. I'm really not too worried about Colorado either. 
Um, they've been surprisingly pretty shitty um, so far, but I just think that team has so much talent and they've proven that they've been so good with, with the pretty much core that they have. I just think it's a matter of time before that they get hot and they start writing things. Um, the last two games, they've looked really dominant, albeit against, you know, some, some lesser teams, so to speak, but, you know, still a lot better. Uh, McKinnon's got off to a really slow start, only one goal so far this season. Um, that's going to change. Um, so I, I, I think you'll see this team back near the top of that division at some point. Um, that division, however, is extremely deep. There's a lot of really good teams that are in that division in, in, in that central. And that's why Dallas for me worries me the most. They've lost six of their last eight. Um, they've got some really good things going on. They got some really good talent. They've also just got some things that just don't seem to be clicking. I mean, I think that one of the biggest things in special teams, they rank third in power play. You know, so they can put up some points if they have to, but they're 27th in the penalty kill. I mean, that's literally like opposite ends of the spectrum there. You know, you're not going to be winning games consistently if you're just that all over the place. Um, so I think just for me, this team is not clicking on, 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 on all cylinders for whatever reason. I, would know, I didn't love Dallas going, going into the season. Um, I just think that this team, the way that this team's built, just doesn't really scream like top contender to me. I still think that they're going to be, you know, definitely there vying for a playoff spot at the end. It's def- I think it's going to be a wild card spot if, if it is. Um, but if you look at that central division, I mean, the wild are playing extremely good. Winnipeg is super good. The predators are looking great. I don't know if they'll keep that um, uh, hot, hot start going or not. The uh, blues are looking really good. And then you got the avalanche on top of that. You know, I don't know. This is a really, really good division the Dallas stars are really going to have to pick it up here quickly of all the teams that of, of those three teams you mentioned, they're the only ones that are in a minus goal differential, you know? So for me, just looking at everything, I think the, the, the Knights of the avalanche, they're going to be there when it's all said and done the Dallas stars. However, I'm a little worried about them. Yeah. I think I agree that I, I'm, a, I'm a little less worried about Vegas, albeit I am a little worried. Um, I'm really worried about Dallas and I'm fairly worried about Colorado. And, I, and I'm worried about Colorado because we're seeing Kirill Kaprizov in Minnesota completely you know, play very well. You have Winnipeg, who's probably the second best team in Canada. Um, they are playing absolutely lights out Nashville and, um, our, um, my boy, Matt Duchesne is absolutely having an amazing season and is really being a big part of the reason that that team's moving in the right direction. And that's huge. Um, that's in the central. So you have all those teams in the central. Oh, and by the way, you still have St. Louis, who's like just sniffing that third spot in that central division. Like it, it could go anywhere, anywhere, anyway, though, uh, anyway, there, I look on the other side, Edmonton's Edmonton's going to take the first spot in the Pacific, unless um, Vegas can figure it out. Um, Anaheim, Los Angeles and San Jose, all the California teams are playing absolutely excellent. All of them. And the third best team in, in Canada is Calgary, who is playing absolutely amazing as well. Like we, ha- you have teams that are pl- that are that are playing very very well already. They're playing with they're they're playing loose. They're they're playing. They're, they're a young team. Dallas is the old is is the oldest team in the league. Like that, and that's an issue against a team that like the Anaheim Ducks, the Los Angeles Kings, who are very young. They're clicking. They're they're really just finding their legs, and they're and they're just loving life right now. And you know, both both a lot of these teams are actually kickstarting their their uh, rebuilds a lot faster than I think we expected. I think that Colorado expected, and I think it's going to be a lot harder for Colorado to get in. And here's the thing, guys, 
this is the last major year for the Colorado Avalanches window because next year they have to pay, um, they have to pay their boy, um, McKin- Nathan McKinnon, who is on a crazy good um, contract. So that that's going to go away. And the more you have to pay people, the less money you have to, to fill that roster. So Colorado is at pretty much a Stanley cup or busts. And I think that they need to figure it out or otherwise they're going to be facing a wild card situation. Uh, and you don't really want you, you don't want to be playing a, a, a Minnesota. You don't want to be playing a Vegas. You don't want to be playing those top teams. You do want to play in Edmonton. I mean, obviously, cause we can't get out of the first round. So um, you, I guess you'd win there, but um, you don't want to play these teams that are, that are just absolutely excellent. And you, you know, you want to be that team that's playing a, you know, a, an Anaheim or a Calgary, a, a team that is still in rebuild mode. So, um, yeah, I'm worried about them. I'm worried about Dallas. Vegas has obviously been doing the right thing as of late, but, um, yeah, those are the teams that I'm worried about. And you guys got to stay tuned because like I said, next week is the, is the big trigger as the big date and look where your team's at because they, they better start having a path to figure it out because it's going to be too late pretty soon. That's all I got to this week. Gotta love it. Uh, I'm loving hockey this year. The Kings are playing great. Uh, they finally snapped a seven game uh, winning streak, uh, but, they, but, but, but they still have a point streak a lot. So that's, that's super cool. Uh, so Kings are playing well. The Ducks are playing a little well. Which I think they're, they're playing at the end of the month um, this month. So that's going to be a super fun game. Maybe we should go to that game. I don't know. Just saying, like, I think that'd be super Good fun. Uh, I believe they're in LA. Um, so, but I, either way, I think that rivalry in that first game when the, with those two teams where they are right now, it's going to be fucking awesome. Like the Kings ducks can't get, can't get much better than that. Uh, so yeah, yeah. let's buy tickets now. Let's do it. Um, <laughs> so if you guys want to meet us, go to the Kings, uh, ducks game and you can say hi to your TLDR boys there. Um, yeah, that's going to do it for episode 73. Another quick one. Uh, I think we agreed, you know, since we're going to have a couple of our guys down for a longer period of time, we're going to start having three segments, even though we only have, you know, one host and two others. Uh, So we'll have more content for you coming up in the later weeks. So we'll kind of expand a little bit more. Um, If you did enjoy these short segments, happy. If you want more content, it's a coming. So either way, (laughs) share the podcast. Uh, We we, we really appreciate your support. We're we're, we're still grinding it out here, guys. Uh, 73 episodes in. Uh, you know, coming up on uh, 100 kind of soonish, not really, um, but you know, getting there. We'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. Uh, hopefully, we can have we we got uh, several more for you guys. Uh, we enjoy doing this every week, uh, so thank you for listening. We really appreciate it. Hope you having a fantastic week. Hope everything's going well, and if not, hopefully things turn around. Uh, there's always bigger, brighter days ahead of you. So keep it up, keep grinding, keep doing your thing. Once again, from all of us here at TLDR Podcast, have a fun.